I'm delighted to announce that the National Association for Primary Education has exclusively released a video from its Primary Education Summit, Visions for the Future. This video, recorded by me, Mark Taylor, and Al Kingsley, talks about creating digital strategies for schools. This video is available for you to watch now at educationonfire.com forward slash blog, which I really hope gives you a taster of some of the amazing content that was available as part of that Primary Education Summit. That's educationonfire.com forward slash blog. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. As you know, creativity, inspiration is the backbone of what this podcast is all about. But also as a professional musician, as someone who's involved in the arts, I know that this creativity, this idea of being able to connect with yourself and also share that with others, but really get to the heart of who you are, giving yourself that foundation to enable then to learn and to grow and to to be your best self in the world, both now and also as you start to learn and expand into the world is so incredibly important. That's why today I'm really excited to chat to Cynthia Hawke and she's a mindful art teacher and trainer. She loves sharing simple mindfulness and art activities to help people de-stress and practice self-care. She trains artists, yogis, K-12 teachers and therapists to teach mindfulness, meditation and art activities in the classroom for both children and adults. Her YouTube and online summits have reached students in 50 countries and growing. So this is an incredibly important topic, but also I think being able to have these practical ways of being able to to have a resource that you can actually use to help everybody that you're helping learn is, is is so incredibly important. So this is my conversation with Cynthia from Mindfulness Creative Muse. Hi, Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. As a musician and uh, a fan of the arts generally, um, and also the, the knowing the the importance of looking after yourself and all the skills that you need in terms of being resilient, I think you're probably the answer to most of the dreams that um, I would think about in terms of within education and beyond. So yeah, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here, Mark. So take us into into your kind of world at the moment in terms of the sorts of things that you produce and 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 how you sort of support people absolutely yeah so i largely share mindfulness and really simple art activities as a way to help people de-stress i mainly work with parents and teachers who also work with children ages three and up um so the k through 12 school system typically And uh, it's something I was doing pre-COVID, but I've found especially the last couple of years that these really simple ways that we can bring in mindfulness and simple art or drawing or painting techniques, whether you're an adult or a child, I've found has been really a support for a lot of people. So I'm really, I've been passionate about this work for a long time, but it's been especially heart uh, giving to see how people are supported these last couple of years. So I do that largely through online classes and I have a YouTube channel as well where I share out videos. So where did that passion come from in terms of it's something you've done since you were tiny and that you've been able to just grow through there or tell us a little bit about that journey? Yeah, I've always been interested in art. I've done that since I was younger 
And I joke often that I fell in love with Bob Ross in my teenage years and started painting happy trees, which I feel like a lot of his uh, painting work that he shared was really calming for people. Even if you never painted and you just watched him on video, a lot of people would find that calming. But I ended up pursuing my master's in the arts um, and have a lot of other certifications to teach. It wasn't until I had more of my own struggles personally that I really found practices of mindfulness and yoga and these other ways to integrate self-care along with the arts. And so because that was really helpful for me through difficult times in my life, through cancer diagnosis and anxiety, that I really started feeling more passionate about sharing this work with other people. Um, And it was really once I've been teaching adults for many years, but during COVID, I was teaching a a mom and she ended up sharing some of the work with her seven-year-old son. And he had a lot less tantrums and was much calmer and was really excited to do this really simple doodling painting practice. And so once I saw that, I had like this light bulb moment of, oh, I can help kids too. So it's just really um, lovely to be able to share it with adults and parents and teachers. I think for me, it's it's so much of a no-brainer in terms of anyone that works with children, anyone that actually knows themselves well enough that this type of thing is incredibly important um and it doesn't need to be kind of framed as something extra that you do and um and and it always amazes me in terms of what children have to do in school in terms related to the the system and you know extra you know um sort of well-being support and that kind of thing is great when a child is suddenly deemed to have an issue or a problem or needs extra support but it doesn't necessarily happen day in day out and, and i certainly know you know as a parent you know we've We've had sort of mental health um, situations with our kids to the point where they needed support. And one of the first things they did was art. You know, it was having that time. It was having that mindfulness. And it was just freely available. Whenever you need to do something, you just have the stuff around and it can just be there. And I think having a kind of a, a sense of this is just part of what you can do every day when you need it because everyone's different it's not a question of now we're going to do 20 minutes of mindfulness it's actually what you need to support yourself as as, as you go go around every day so I'm, I'm 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 really keen to sort of think sort of in terms of how you sort of you've experienced that in terms of how people take it on on a sort of a daily basis mm, i love that question i feel like the the practice piece there's There's times where people can have an intentional practice, like I'm going to try and explore this mindfulness or art practice for 10 or 20 minutes. And that I see it as a way of building up a muscle. But to your point, what you're talking about, I think it's so infused in our daily lives, these little pockets of time where we notice the birds that are chirping outside our window. We're doing dishes and we feel the the warm water and suds on our hands. And we have these moments of, of coming back to the present moment. And kids do it so beautifully. You know, if they're they're playing with crayons or they're out on the playground and they're they're really immersed in that moment. Um, and there's this sense of curiosity and play, which I think is a big part of mindfulness and art together where you don't have judgment around what you're doing. And so what I find um, can happen, especially for adults, but for children as well, is once there's this pressure or this judgment around I'm not doing something right or um, 
you know, something I'm, I'm doing or making has to look a particular way. Once that judgment is built in, whether internally or externally, that, that's a whole other, we could talk hours just about that. Um, that's where there's, uh, where these practices of having, um, as an adult, as an example, if we can have a practice of, I'm going to set an intention for 10 minutes and I'm going to explore this practice. And when I notice my thoughts are becoming judgmental or distracted, that I just return back to my breath or what I often teach is using the page and the pen as your breath. So that's your focus point that you return back to. The more we can have small pockets of intentional practice like that, I find the easier it is to return to it more naturally throughout our day. And I also find for our kiddos that if we're modeling that as an adult in their life, whether as their parent or a teacher, they're much more able to you know, mirror back and mimic and connect to what we're doing just from how we're showing up day in and day out. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I loved what you said there about the the regularness of it and that checking in because I, I think one of the things that I've noticed over the years is I'm very good at getting into these things and then feeling the benefits you know so I can I have a regular yoga practice um, and it works really well and um, I feel all the benefits both physical spiritually emotionally and then I think I've kind of covered this now and then for unintentionally it gradually starts to slide and then you're like Oh, but why, why Why would that be the case? Because it was all, you know, it was working not well. It was just was what it was. And it was really supportive. And it was everything that I needed to be my better self. Um, but then, you know, for whatever reason, something upsets the, the routine in the morning or this happens or, or who knows what it is, depending on your situation. But it's that regularness. And even when you think that you don't need it because you're better in inverted commas or however it is that you you feel like you might be using it it then just enables you to go no this is just part of it and that stillness and that understanding and I think then for me it was always that connection of kind of I've started my day for example if it was sort of yoga in the morning I kind of know what that feels like today and therefore you very quickly mm -hmm. understand if you get away from that and then you can bring yourself in with whichever practice it is that you're that you're interested in yeah I love that point around the you know, how we're setting up our mornings and also noticing what it feels like when we have some sort of connection to a practice and then what it also feels like for us when we don't. And I can, I really connect with, um, you know, fall, fall, quote unquote, falling off the wagon, like having a practice and then falling off. Um, and I think sometimes that's even what I need in the moment. Like sometimes I don't need to have a specific practice or or regimen like sometimes i i need to have just space to veg out or to just be in nature or you know there's there's different moments when our body and mind are needing different things so i allow that space and also i find what i'm hearing you say is a lot around like curiosity just being curious and noticing what is serving me right now and what might i need differently later and so I like that flexibility. And um, I also have one thing I really love and that I teach really often are five-minute mindful art activities or really small snippets. 
So when I'm feeling or my students are feeling really overwhelmed or stressed or we're out of our routine and we don't have time, um, that I can just do a simple practice like when I'm waiting at a doctor's office or when I'm waiting to meet up with my nephew or I'm sitting with him at the playground. So there's, there's these small little pockets that I also can do. And maybe I do that instead of grabbing from my phone and scrolling endlessly, you know, um, which I do that also. But it, it's just another way to potentially build in self-care in your day. Yeah, I love that. And I think um, just before we sort of wind into, like, say, all those different areas that you support people with, it just reminded me of um, Anita Muljani. And sometimes, like you say, you can very quickly get into the mindset of I need to do this because it's supporting me, whether it's journaling, whether it's yoga, whether it's meditation, whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be. But your 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 best mindfulness, if, if in inverted commas, like you said, is actually to be your true authentic self and that that comes from just you know living your passion being kind being joyful and just living your day which in its its simplest form is actually all of these things that we're kind of talking about without even thinking about it which I guess is kind of when you kind of feel that freedom and and that kind of acknowledgement of of life life being life without all the the external pressures that we start to then think about Mm. so tell me a little bit about the the youtube channel and and the courses to the how do they sort of work together how do they interlink um what sorts of things do you share in, in sort of sort of give, give us some examples of how that may work yeah so the on the youtube channel at mindful creative muse i mainly share little snippets they're almost like previews or smaller demos of either mindfulness or breath or art activities or sometimes combined Uh, I really share those on there as a way, I see it as a way of like serving out in the world to give little small reprieves of where people can go and watch the video and help to de-stress and relax. Um, And I've had people tell me that they've gone and just watched the videos and they don't even do the art practice along with it and they find that that feels calming. Um, so I have that out there and I share also sometimes like interviews or more information ab- about mindfulness or about the benefits of mindful art, but a lot of it is visual and tied in with the breath and so really slow calming practices. And then I have for the courses and teacher trainings, it goes more in depth of you know, how to actually do the practice for yourself if you're teaching, how to share in a way where uh, it's trauma-informed or where you can offer it for different age groups or um, or in different settings. So there's a lot more neuroscience and support and then uh, specific experiential practices. And I also, um, what I don't share as much on the YouTube channel that I love sharing for adults is there's this part of of breath work and of making marks that can feel calming. And then there's also for me a deeper layer of, I have mindfulness and awareness in the moment, but also there's another layer beneath of what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What potentially do my marks that I'm making mean? And so it's almost like a form of visual journaling. So um, I love Julia Cameron, if you're familiar with her at all. She wrote the book, The Artist's Way. But she talks about writing morning pages to, quote unquote, siphon off the worries. Mm -hmm. And so I see a lot of the journaling prompts after you've made marks as a way of it's like siphoning off the worries, but it's going a bit deeper of really clarifying what are the worries? Like, what am I feeling right now? And to name those. And oftentimes when we 
can name it and get it out of ourselves and onto paper, it can just change the perspective. And so that's something that I love um, in addition to the the art practices. So I share that in the classes and teacher tra- trainings. And so, I mean, it just, it just sounds so powerful in terms of the, the trainings for everyone's individual individuality and, and, and their personal experience. But then it's being able to take these on board and then be able to then share it to other people as well, I guess, especially if you're, you're a teacher and you're wanting to do that within a school setting. Yeah, and what I love, um, so I have a lot of teachers that come to me that they're not necessarily even art teachers. They're teaching other things in the classroom, but they're noticing, especially the last couple of years, that their their kiddos are acting out or distracted. And obviously, we've all gone through so much in the last couple of years. And in the school system especially, I think our teachers are and parents are unsung heroes. And so our kids have been through a lot. So I have teachers that they, they're not art teachers, but they want to bring something in to help the kids be able to focus more, to be more present, to have less tantrums, um, to to be able to connect more with other people, other kiddos in the classroom. And so there's really simple things that I share, again, with breath work or simple drawing practices that you can do in five or 10 minutes. And so they're not needing to teach an entire class around it, but they can kind of sprinkle it in. And um, and you can also Google some of these things as well, right? Like you don't have to work with me. There's so much information that's available. Um, and I just think that it's a great way that we can support our kids right now through a really difficult time. So yeah, so I have lots of a variety of different people that'll come to the teacher trainings. Yeah, and I love I love what you said before about the the, the serving and, and having things out there to, to support people. And I think I think it's really 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 helpful, especially now, like you said, having sort of been through the last couple of years. That what we're all trying to do is to actually what we probably always should have done, which is to create this environment, which is to help people thrive and to recuperate and to heal or how however people are feeling having having say having been through a global pandemic for a couple of years um but i think the other thing is is that there's something about the fact that this was a global pandemic which made everyone kind of feel like oh we're all in this together but of course there are people who have challenges in all sorts of walks of life and all sorts of different situations mm-hmm. and and knowing that this kind of environment this kind of understanding and awareness really is something which can be supportive for anybody at any time and as soon as you even understand it yourself and want to bring that awareness into like say with your class or or your family or or even with your colleagues or however however it is you want to bring it like say that sort of modeling in a natural sense it just it just changes the entire environment that people are living in and there that opens up a whole world for people which they may not have even contemplated before let alone sort of understood i love that yeah i love that you use the word awareness too like i often notice for me, a lot of this work is about, uh, I, I often think of it of like a container. It's just widening a container for me to be with whatever is here in the present moment. And um, for me, when I get really stressed out or if something really challenging happens, it's like shrinking down, right? It's I've become hyper-focused and aware of a much smaller um, 
part that I can kind of move and breathe within. And so having this bigger container, whether that's mindfulness or art or some people do, you know, like gardening or exercise or connecting with friends, whatever your self-care practice is, I think it's just a widening out so we can be with the ups and downs that as they come. Yeah, and and I, and I love the fact you mentioned there, like say gardening or whatever it happens to be, because it's basically anything that supports you in being you, and and I think takes takes you back to understanding, you know, who you are and and how you are in in this world and and how you are within yourself. And um, like I say, there's a whole other podcast there in t- in terms of of, of going no. down going down that that particular conversation. But I think to be able to know that there are people out there that that can support you with like say certain things which are just going to help and i think you know breath is the is the starting point for everything and i think i can i can really understand where as an artist myself as it were you know that kind of how all these things make a difference as a musician it was the it was the understanding that i had a voice that i wasn't able to use in a different way i was able to express myself in a way that I never was until that became an, an integral part of who I was. And and I think it's just sharing those experiences in whichever form that comes, which then, as we said before, can, can make it so supportive for everyone. I love that. I, f- I feel like there's something so powerful about the arts also, because sometimes we want to express ourselves, but it's not just through language and conversation. So to be able to do that through sound or through music or through marks uh, in another way that we don't have to rationally necessarily understand what we're explaining or communicating, you know, and can can almost get lost in that flow of that creating and then um, and then be surprised by it. I think there's something really magical in that process. Yeah, I completely agree, and I think I think the the fact is is that we're all connected, um, and you know we may have different religions or different perspectives or or idea ideologies about what we think life is, but I think we do know that and that we have an underlying connection just by being people on this earth in the way that the earth works, and and I think whatever like say vehicle that is to to understand that and to experience it, and like say the arts is just such a a, a personal experience for me like that but I think I know certainly for a lot of people it just gives you that way to kind of to connect with yourself as we said but I think with others and and also be at one with with your surroundings no matter where that happens to be which is why people thrive in areas where they you would think it would be to um full of trouble and turmoil and and even people who you think have got the most you know perfect life they're able to struggle in those situations as well and and i think it's understanding that it's all about that personal and that shared connection and 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 everything related to that which is is so supportive for everybody or not depending on where you are in in that understanding and and that particular journey so let's talk a little bit about your education life as, as it were is there is there a particular school experience or a teacher that you remember? And, and and I'm also interested to know, is this related to kind of where your sort of passion and your understanding for the sorts of things we're talking about today come in? I love that question. I've had, thankfully, a lot of really wonderful teachers that I've felt connected with, which is also maybe why I'm so passionate about teaching myself, because it can be so life enhancing and transforming. Um, one teacher that really comes to mind when I was doing my master's program in the arts 
I was playing with uh, abstraction. So I was doing these really large uh, oil paintings and mixed media, and I had started uh, doing projections. And it, But I remember she said to me um, to collaborate with Chance because I was I was becoming really rigid in what I was creating and I wanted it to look a certain way. So when I started the painting, I sort of had an idea of where this abstract piece would be at the end, which now thinking back is really ironic because a large part around creating abstract work is that you sort of go on this journey uh, through the practice. And so I really loved that she said, um, she almost posed it as a question, like, can you collaborate with chance? and allow for the mystery and the surprises. And then when something came up that I was like, oh, I didn't mean to do that, or that didn't come from me necessarily, um, could I be curious about it instead of feeling frustrated or judgmental, like seeing how I could potentially work with it or transform it or play with it. And so that is hugely connected to the work I do now with mindful art. Uh, and that was, you know, 10 or 15 years ago that she shared that with me. And uh, so I I think of that so often, collaborating with Chance. And I think it's a nice uh, metaphor for life in general of when things come up, uh, instead of me closing down, can I be curious of, you know, how to work with it or play with it or be curious about something? Yeah, I love that. And, and it's, it's interesting you were saying that. I was just literally about to say that kind of metaphor for life because it's is that it's that sense of are you able to allow enough to allow life to take care of itself or to bring things in that you you hadn't thought of or you weren't creating and just allow to be a vehicle for all of these things and i think that there's there's a like i say there's a magic in there somewhere in terms of not knowing slightly scary for a lot of people but i think it feeds in so much to what we're talking about in terms of just oh we're there's something here for me in, in which I wasn't able to predict or once I've taken away all of my ideas and thoughts about what it is that life is at my current moment and, and just allow it to be it can take you into a whole whole experience which you, you just really wouldn't have necessarily conjured up for yourself now is there a piece of advice that you've ever been given which is really valuable or is there a piece of advice even that maybe you give your younger self now sort of looking back that do you think if I'd only known that at the time, <laughs> maybe that would have been really helpful? A couple of things come to mind. The The big one that's been arising for me lately is uh, that I don't have to do things on my own or completely by myself. And I think oftentimes artists especially can, can have that feeling of feeling like you're on an island um, or you know, exploring things on your own. And I think probably a lot of people can connect more so to that given the last couple of years. And uh, so just having that mindset or that um, idea or seed planted around the fact that we don't have to do things on our own, that we can reach out for support or connect with other people, ask questions, have some sort of group or community that we can be a part of. Um, and even if, you know, if you're if like I'm an ambivert, but I also can have moments where I feel really introverted. And so um, so sometimes that mirror or that holding space can be my artwork. It's not necessarily another person, but just knowing that I don't have to hold everything in just by myself. Um, and so having support. And is there a resource which has been I normally, normally say kind of influential, but I, I guess it can really just be personal as well. And it can be a video, a podcast, a film, song, anything that just 
I don't know, there's something about it. It's often, I think, recurring. It's something. It's a book you read again and again, or it's a song which is always there at an important moment or or something you'd like to share along those lines. Mm-hmm. I mentioned briefly Julia Cameron earlier, but she wrote a book called The Artist's Way. And it really has, um, if you go through the book, it, it's 12 months or 12 weeks. There's There's 12 different chapters that you can explore different parts of your art practice, but also your your personal or spiritual practice. And there's a lot of journaling prompts. And I carried that book around with me for like 12 years before I ever went through it. And uh, and I used to facilitate groups a lot uh, with the artist's way as well as mindfulness practices. And I've heard from other people uh, that they've also carried the book around with them a long time before starting. But there's something that even if you don't read through the whole book and you just pick out journaling prompts from it that I've found really uh, empowering. And again, it's just that mirror reflection back to ourselves uh, because I feel like ultimately we're, we're our own best teachers in a lot of ways. Yeah, I love that. And I, I know, and I, I think a lot of people will be able to relate with that kind of having had something which has been on their shelf or in their awareness or being carried around for a long time and I think it's very easy to get into that mindset of a shoulda woulda coulda it's you know that kind of thing but for me it's always been when the time is right when the space is there for whatever reason you open it up you start taking a look and you have that freedom to be able to let it help you or support you or or be able to dive in with the amount of capacity that you need maybe to sort of sort of really work with these sorts of things and so yeah i think i think being kind to yourself <laughs> i mean generally mm. speaking is is a really important one for that because then you can thoroughly enjoy it in the, in in the, in the way that it was written in the way it was meant, meant to be shared we talk a lot about fire here on the show specifically in terms of feedback inspiration resilience and empowerment and i and i believe they're all part of or different parts of the same thing you can't have one without the other in in so many different ways so so when you think about sort of those areas what is it that sort of strikes you what sticks out as something which has been important for you i think what really is coming to mind for me is this holding that can come through our own exploration. And um, I've had a couple, thankfully, a couple of mentors through my life that have popped up at, at perfect times and can hold that mirror back as a way of helping me notice what I'm passionate about, but where my strengths are, where my strengths lie. So um, I'm just really big on on the feedback piece, on mirroring, but in a way that's compassionate and supportive. And so that's something that I've had a couple of mentors do for me. And then also that it just comes up when I hear that FIRE acronym that you have, that's largely what I think about with uh, this mindfulness and art practices, because it's so much about having a mirror back for yourself and really this empowerment to express your own creativity and your own resiliency. Uh, So I love that acronym that you have. Yeah. I just the the whole concept of of the mirror from a feedback point of view is is I think really incredible because it kind of you immediately think with feedback someone's telling you something based on something that you've done and I think that kind of the integrity and the and the understanding that having a great mentor has in terms of just being able to ask the right question like you say or just to show you that sense of have you seen what it is that you're doing or experimenting with or seeing or whatever it happens to be? And that's much more powerful, isn't it? Because it becomes a then personal journey of uh, of inquiry rather than, ah, I've done something right or wrong or I can improve because of A, B or C. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime I've gotten feedback where it's, you know, X, Y, Z, it's much more closed. But if I have a question that's posed as a feedback or a curiosity, I can, my, I almost feel like my subconscious will return back again and again to that question in my dreams or when I have downtime or, um, you know, a week later, a month later, a year later. So I think it can really open things up when we have um, questions as our curiosities. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love it. So for people who may not have, have come across your channel or all the um, all the courses and things that you do, can you share where the best place is to go, go and find out more information? Yeah, if you go to my website at mindfulcreativemuse.com, I have more information there. I have a lot of different free resources like articles and videos and books, and you can find all my social media and YouTube there as well. Fantastic. Well, Cynthia, thank you so much for sharing these insights. And and, and I think it's certainly for me, it's always amazing to, to speak to someone and to sort of have a conversation where what we do is... Um, is a it's an extension of who we are and and i think that comes across really powerfully in, in the way that you talk in the way that you're able to, to share the things that you do in, in the way that you're doing it and, and as you mentioned before you know the ability to serve and to help people and and to really be able to make a difference in people's lives through the things which you're experiencing yourself but also passionate about i think is uh it's a true gift so yeah thanks so much for sharing it with us oh thanks for having me mark and thanks for all your great great questions today too Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.